1: from the home of time.
0: This
2: is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. When the red,
3: red robin comes, bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home, sweet song. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red Live, love, love and be happy What if I be blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours home, sweet song, I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song, when the red, red,
4: further proof that Gillingham versus Charlton isn't actually a local derby, we didn't lose. Welcome to Charlton Live. Chulton Live. Chulton Live. <laughs> so, good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendez. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley are Tom Walling. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah. All right, I guess. Yeah, so you didn't go yesterday. So no, I'm, slightly well, I'm, be- I'm better ourselves. than both of you, I think. Yeah, and uh, joining us, uh, still uh, drying out from yesterday's uh, open <laughs> air away and uh, uh, tuning in, uh, Sue hey, too.
1: Um, Been better. But yeah? <laughs> yeah, well, come on. <laughs>
4: yeah. Oh, uh, this lemon cakes, amazing though. Yeah, my <laughs> mum's <laughs> lemon drizzles cheering at me. It's delicious. Yeah. Well, that's that's all we've got to cling on to here. Unfortunately, still <laughs> no. yeah. out. Everyone. Yeah. Drizzle. <laughs> <Nice>. Bit
1: drizzle.
4: <laughs> uh, <laughs> on, uh, on tonight's show, go to look back at yesterday's draw. I, I don't even know how to describe it. I think probably we snatched p- <laughs> snatched a point yesterday. Let's look for the positives. We snatched a point yesterday at the home of our arch arch Kent rivals uh Julian we came away from that red hot fiery atmosphere with a with a point uh so we're going to talk about that game uh we're going to hear from from Russell Slade as he masterminded that uh that change at half time which saw us uh, get that point in the second half uh and we want to hear from you guys as well uh you can email our studio at uk. you can tweet us at Charlton Live we want to know everything about what you thought about yesterday's game uh, what you thought of for example Nicky Jose's celebration what you thought of the plane that flew over the ground uh, before the game which uh, got a little bit of media attention there the, uh, had the the message uh, du Châtelet and Mayor time to fly uh, and uh, let, anything else you want to talk about Charlton Wise let us know what, what you're making of uh the, uh, the tactics at the moment, the players, the performances, anything you want to talk about, let us know. Studio at CharltonLive.co.uk or you can tweet us at CharltonLive. First things first, how I've managed to wrangle nearly six minutes of highlights out of this, I don't know. <laughs> but this is uh, the highlights of yesterday's game.
5: Dak now with the touch into Thomas, takes the shot straight into the wall and it was Johnny Jackson who stood firm and strong. Now to Koncheski on the right hand side, his ball in is cleared by Esri Konza but straight to another blue shirt and that uh, currently is Jackson down the line to Thomas Fox close in attendance but uh, Jackson goes on the overlap and Charlton are, uh, undone on that right hand side it's a cross come shot which uh, went comfortably over the bar but questions asked maybe about Adam ola there that he didn't follow Ryan Jackson beyond Morgan Fox Brilliant forward. Good play from Lutman to bring it back by the man Thomas. Takes it past
6: Fox. Still J.M.M. Thomas. Fires Bradley Dak, And it's a good save from Tech Lumbrada to come out. Good play from J.M.M.M. Thomas. Opportunity for Chalon to to really work Jillim's defence. She's struggled to do so far. Lutman to take. Lutman fires it in towards Jackson. It comes to oh. it. McInnes. Gets the touch. Landed at his feet. John with the shot,
5: first shot on goal. Well, it's easy for Nelson. I think that might be uh, overselling it a little bit. I think it might just hit Josh McInnes's toes rather than uh, him pulling the trigger. It's a lovely delivery it from was. Adamo
6: Lutman. Tyler with the ball four towards a Good play from Jinlem. Newbury now to Dak. Dak goes for goal. Over the top. Good effort from Bradley Dak. It's harmlessly over in the end. Again, Jinlem. Nice build-up play. Nice little interplay. Yes, Port Dapps coming short Emmanuel Thomas is ahead of him Jackson throws short to Dak Jackson has it again into Manuel Thomas back to goal, looks left hand side it's a lovely ball to Paul Konchesky. good touch from Konchesky. dummies, Ricky Holmes on his right foot looks at the back post, Dak free header 1-0 gentleman. Bradley Dak with a free header for Paul Konchesky's cross a soft goal for Charlton to concede
5: and it's the hosts who take the lead after 40 minutes Awful, really, from Charlton's point of view. Not just the uh, the, the finish, which was uh, a decent header from Dak into that top right-hand corner. The fact he was given a free header in the first place is one thing, but uh, the attempted block at the cross was, uh, well, was just nonsense. Uh, Konczewski had it on the left-hand side, and Holmes just jumped in the air and turned his back. And uh, Koncheski just saw that happening, just stepped to one side of him and was able to chip the ball into the penalty area, unchallenged and equally as unchallenged was Dax Rise to head that past Rudd and uh, a very poor goal for Cholton to give away concert across to
6: Solly, and there's the half time whistle, the half dominated by Ginland has to be said McGinnis looks to the right hand side it's cut out by Kancheski. now Ginland break with Nuble, takes it past concert looks to the right hand side where Man Thomas, is 1v1 against Morgan Fox takes him on, goes for goal, J-Man Thomas straight at Dax and Rudd for the they allowed him to cut in on his favoured left foot. Ulvers that well, well, good tackle well. on Dak, now Lookman get the ball in the box. McGuinness free header, oh, good save from Nelson. McGuinness was in acres of space, Schillam's defenders look at each other, It's a good cross in from Lookman. McGuinness with the free header, there's a good right palm from Stuart Nelson. Can they score from the corner, Lookman to take. Lookman
5: right through it in, and chips it towards the back post, and Ulvers had a penalty. penalty. Well, the move. referee, the referee had a word with Jackson before the corner kick was taken, which I disagree with, because it gives them a chance to. Uh, to oh, and he's given him a red card, I think, as well. No. Oh, yeah. Like I thought was cut. he got red out. I thought. But anyway, Jackson, um, Jackson and Oversted were tussling. Oversted got pulled just before the uh, corner was taken, and then avoided Jackson by skipping round the back of him. Went in front of the keeper, and Jackson did the same thing again. Whether how much contact it was, I'm not entirely sure. But when you've already been warned by the referee. You've got to be careful, and uh, Charlton have been given a gift here. It's going to be Ricky Holmes
6: to take for the Addicts. As so we approach the 60th minute, come Ricky Holmes, level for Charlton, give them a live run. get them back in the game. Ricky Holmes just waiting for the referee's whistle. In front of the away ends, Ricky Holmes. Oh, saved no. by Nelson. Down to the goalkeeper's Right. He hit it well, but Nelson read it. He's
5: kept it out.
4: Here we go again.
5: Still 1-0, Gilliam. Charlie at the corner. It wasn't the worst penalty you'll ever see. It was hard and low down to the right, but the keeper read it. Fox into the box to Novak. Lovely little touch touch. from Novak. Oh, and he tried to steer it past. Nelson didn't quite work, but it's still in the penalty area. Dak will try and clear it away for Gilliam. Thomas gets ahead of uh, Novak, in fact. And uh, then (laughs) Osadibi... Puts his foot through this and it's heading somewhere towards Chatham Dockyard, that one. I'm not sure I've got my geography right by no, the way. I don't but it's over you know, <laughs> so the other way, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> <Best> Medway, <made by, laughs> isn't it? <laughs> oh dear, got a laugh. As uh, Fox <laughs> throws it in towards the box, towards Pierce. Gets his head. That's and a hand. Penalty penalty Another penalty for Chatham. they have a second chance to redeem themselves the Addicts. Heard protesting his Indian uh, his innocence, but his hand was up. And Pierce's header cannoned off Hurd's arm. Jose. Them. Can he maintain his composure as he on. steps up to strike this right footed? He does. And yes. buries the goal! Down the bottom left-hand corner. And Charlton, have a play to get out of jail free card here, you've got to say. As Nikki Jose
6: pulls Charlton back level. He ran straight to Russell Slade. It must be said, the goal celebration it's a letter for Charlton. They've not been good again second half. They've not really created too many opportunities. It's a slap piece of defending from Gillingham to give them those opportunities to two penalties. And finally, we've converted a penalty as Nicky and Jose it took it confidence and put it in.
4: So they heard the uh, the highlights there from uh, Terry Smith and Greg Stubbley on CFC Player as we uh, snatched a late draw uh, at Gillingham yesterday. <laughs> Sue, you were there. A deserved draw?
1: No. <laughs> We were shocking. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was awful. We was I. I mean, everyone knows that I am the rose tinted one. Yeah. but I, I've had to take them off tonight because I just think I came away just thinking, how on earth did we get away with that? Mm. It was just there was no. It was like eleven, well, ten players running mound. Because the goalkeeper, obviously, doesn't run anywhere. <laughs> but, it, yeah, the team was just running around. It was just like a group of individuals just running around not knowing what they were doing.
4: Yeah. It was it was interesting, I thought, because um, you look back to the Port Vale game where we sat up in a 4-5-1 at, away at Port Vale. Uh, and in that first half, we absolutely pummeled them. And we should have been 4-5-0 up at halftime. In fact, I remember seeing that Oxford had gone 2 up away at Port Vale yesterday mm. and tweeting, that's what we should have done. But same, same line-up. And we, we just did not have anything like that that no. sort of cohesion yesterday.
1: I've, i' just I don't know they've obviously done done their homework um on players i mean lookman that's the that's the i know obviously he's only eighteen but that's the worst I've ever seen in play and i I just find it sad that we are hanging all our hopes on an eighteen year old mm. that that we haven't obviously like even players like Vicky Holmes, just not one of them for me was on it yesterday, and I don't know what that's about and um just the, the formation just doesn't work and I, I'm i just I can't understand why we keep
3: mm.
1: playing one up front one up front all the time especially like because we was making at, at periods of time we were making a little bit of space but then you've got Josh who's like he holds the ball up and then there's no one there
4: mm. he, he, he did look very isolated especially yeah. in that first half but but well, we, we, we'll talk about that formation I mean I've seen a lot of people unhappy with a 4-5-1 which you can understand at home uh, At away at Scunfort we played like that and away at Port Vale like I said we played like that and it, it has worked but so at times you can see yesterday it wasn't working so you, perhaps we might have changed it up a bit sooner as well yeah, maybe, but yeah. it wasn't because yeah, I, I mean McGuinness was, so, was so isolated in that first mm. half Um. And, 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 you know that we went to a gillingham side who were, who 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 should have been low in confidence they hadn't, they hadn't won in a fair few games hadn't kept a clean sheet in 25 very very almost 26 uh but but they they ran that first half didn't they
1: yeah i mean they they looked dangerous every time they went forward um it just i mean i know a lot of people get on morgan fox's back and again that was the f- Honestly, the first time that I looked at him and thought, we need to strengthen this side in January because I I, I do fear for us otherwise. And and as you know, I I never speak like that. But it just, it wasn't the team that I've watched sort of, that have been digging in and and fighting, even though we might not have been getting the results. There was just nothing there. Mm.
4: Yeah, uh, so in the, in that first half, I like, say so Gillingham starting went on top. We saw a, a free kick from J. Emmanuel Thomas. Chris Hurd had a shot that he fired wide. Bradley Dak, who's a a player I've admired for for the last couple of years, he uh, he had a shot. Uh, he came through one on one. Declan Rudd came out well to smother it. Um, mm. I mean, it, it was just a procession of chances for them, really, in that first half. And we, I think, the only, one... in fact, I've got my notes again. I showed you our notes on, on Tuesday, Tom. Mm. That's our chances in the first half. Is one. <laughs> I've written down yeah. one chance. Yeah, we
1: did. We had one shot yeah. on goal in the first half. Yeah, and it
4: was even that was like a free kick? It from, they came to McGuinness and he didn't. Catch it weren't it dangerous. Yeah, yeah it, it it, I mean, clearly wasn't working that first half. And when when that goal finally came for the duels, um uh, a, a crossover from the the now hairy Paul Konchesky, Uh and, and uh, Bradley Back managed to out jump uh, at the far post. Was it Foxy out jumped at the far post? I can't yeah, but yeah, and um, and head into an empty net. And you know we, we we could have had absolutely no no qualms with the fact that we we're one 0 down.
1: No, and if I'm like we said, they did have plenty of opportunities, and I think coming away from that, they must be absolutely gutted that they've only come away from a point because they did they. They made chance after chance, and like you say, Deck made a few good saves, um, and they were unlucky with a few of their mm. other ones.
4: Now, the uh, the Gillingham goalkeeper in the first half, uh, for the first half of an hour or so, Jonathan Bond. He was. Um he was struck down with what can only one can only assume was severe boredom, and he had to go off in, in the first half. I mean, that was that was that was one of the stranger things you think because he literally—I don't think he'd even touched the ball, No. maybe once if mo- at most—and then he had to go off. So I don't know what that was about. But
1: yeah, with Jilinum not, not, let's have a look at Jilinum's Twitter feed. Just yeah, because that was very odd, and mm. then obviously like, and that sort of little gag was going around the whole of the away end. Yeah. Oh, he's gone off because he's bored. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, it, he hadn't had anything to do unless he was already carrying some a, a knock or something mm. and he sort of stretched wrong or whatever. Yeah. Don't know. Weird.
4: It, 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 I honestly, you wouldn't have been surprised if Justin Edinburgh just decided to bring on another outfield player at that point. So <laughs> 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 so, so the, I, I found the the reaction from the fans at half-time uh, interesting. I mean, we, we all heard how Russell reacted to... The fans' chants at Port Vale, where towards the end of the game, when, when we when we'd thrown away that lead, the fans were chanting. Russell said he hasn't got a clue, um, and uh, he was clearly frustrated and painted pent- pent- up in that in that interview he came out for afterwards. And uh, at halftime, we saw more of that yesterday, uh, as as the players go off the tunnel uh, at Priestfield. is right next to the the uh, away. End. We call it an end. It's barely a stand, isn't it? But the, the away mm. end and uh, uh,
1: the away scaffold. Yeah, the away
4: scaffold. And, and but but I mean, uh, you, you were down in that end. So what was the reaction like for the manager when he went off? It didn't it didn't look too pretty. It was awful. foul. It,
1: yeah. it was. I I would say it was. It felt worse. It felt more vicious than when we've had some of the the impulse. Yeah. Um. And I think that that was. Like the lads got some of the lads got clapped but um it was it was it was horrible to be in to hear that level of of sort of hatred really and I think it's partly because of what was said in the week, but I yeah. think partly because that some of the decisions that he makes regarding substitutions and formations are just like it, I just I don't understand. I'm obviously I'm not a football manager. I will never be a football manager. But don't rule
4: yourself out. To say, it. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> gets a turn around <laughs>
3: um,
1: But yeah, it just it, some of, some of it just doesn't make sense to me mm. at all. And, and
4: also, I noticed like a lot of the fans were, were chanting four four two as he was going off.
1: That was yeah. uh, the end. Well, they did that at the end of the f-
4: uh, yeah first hard
1: time, half time. Yeah. Um, really loudly, and and. One of my friends, Sarah, she said, I've never ever heard a crowd have to shout to a manager what formation they should (laughs) be paying. Yeah. Um, And it's sad. It's so sad because we've sort of half got what we want in the fact that we've got an English manager. All right, he's not got a track record of getting promotion after promotion or anything like that. But he's a well-respected man in football. And it's just... It's just not working.
7: I think that's part of the problem and part of the reason why he's getting so much stick is because there's that added expectation on him. So when all these foreign people came in and uh, network people that we didn't really know and plus we were a division higher, the expectation was slightly lower. And now we've got what some of us wanted. Um, We've got someone who we thought was going to be better. We've got arguably a, a decent first 11 when you put them out there. And nothing's working. And I think that frustration is coming through from the fans because the expectation of this team in this league is better. We've got a manager that we expect to be doing better as well. Mm. And he's sort of running out of excuses, really, because this is arguably worse
4: than we've been for, what, three or four years. Yeah. 17th in League One now, everyone. Let that sink in. Uh, Dan says, uh, we must be in trouble if Sue has finally had enough. <laughs> 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 which is true. Which is true. I, I can't remember ever seeing you like this, to be honest. So you normally, like, as, as you said yourself, you normally. Try and find a positive, and yeah. you, uh, you you seem very uh, un- unsure where you're going to find those when you came into the studio this evening. Yeah,
1: no, just uh, uh, yesterday, like when I sort of had it in my mind that was coming in tonight, I was just like, I don't even know what I'm going to say. What can <laughs> you say? There's for people like we've already said off air, like Solly didn't really do a lot wrong, which he doesn't. Um, Deckard made a couple, like a few good saves, yeah. but you can't come out of that game and say anyone was like anywhere near what they're able, like, like their uh, potential or their ability. Mm.
4: So at half time after the uh, the chance from the crowd, I mean, I, I I'd, I'd be surprised if if Russell actually listens to the chance of the crowd and makes a decision based on them. But you know, he he, cle- he clearly saw it. it was it was time to change things up because it hadn't worked in that first half. Took. Uh, the skipper off who'd had, a, who'd had a quiet game in the middle of the park and, and bought on Nicky or Jose. Um I, I, I felt in the second half the game did open up a bit more and it, I mean it took us half an hour it took us until the last half an hour to start creating a two or three opportunities maybe we saw that McGuinness header that was flicked flicked up by the keeper and then, and then we had the, the, the penalties but I mean so you can see with, with the change we we Got better. Yeah. it couldn't have got much worse. But at the same time, I think Jules was still a better team.
1: Oh, definitely. There was it was still, and we was even saying it wasn't. Lit- it was literally like the last five minutes where we started to look a little bit dangerous. So even with them chances that we had in the second half, it was it wasn't like we were then bombarding. Where we have done sometimes, we've had a really poor first half and then we've come out second half, all guns blazing and like just banging it into the area. But um, that it just wasn't the the case. It was a couple like uh, like you say a couple of chances. But there wasn't like a consistent. It was just like the odd one here and there. Mm. We had a couple like a couple of periods where we looked like we might do something. Yeah. But um, just off the subject, Louis, um, Jonathan's. Jonathan Bonds was a groin injury
4: oh right was he it's a
1: reoccurring was injury he, was he
4: trying to keep himself entertained while he was so forward <laughs> during the game
1: <laughs> well didn't really look up that in, so I couldn't tell you what he was uh, we didn't <laughs> need to did we nah,
4: exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, apparently he might have been sat down injured for about 20 minutes before anyone noticed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so right so, so we saw that uh, it was a very good header from McGuinness that the, the forced a good save from the substitute goalkeeper Stuart Nelson Yeah. Uh, and then I, I don't know if it was from the resulting corner was it from a corner where Within the next couple of minutes, that um, overstab was fouled. I, um, did you notice? Because I didn't see it until the referee gave it from behind the goal. Did you notice any pushing and shoving? The incident? problem,
1: the problem. I mean, that was happening every time we had a corner. It was happening. I mean, Frank Newball, what like he's an absolute pest. <laughs> but um, and there was a bit of pushing and shoving going it on. But that was that was the case whenever we, like I said, like whenever we had a corner, and because of the way that stand. If you can call it one, um, mm. is unfortunately we were quite near the back. So when anything was happening in the box, you could we couldn't really say because everyone mm. was standing up. So I didn't until he blew the whistle for a penalty. We were like, oh, what was that for? Yeah.
4: <laughs> it was a surprising the, the 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 way the referee performed actually yesterday. I, I, I think <laughs> surprising. Um, yeah, that's one word for yeah. it. I think uh, we, we were. Having a quick discussion in the pub after that, he was a bad referee, but for once, he seemed to be a bad referee mainly in our favour.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I, if I was a Jills fan, I would have been fuming because, like, they had a clear penalty. Um, I feel like decision. I'm the only
4: one who thought that was soft. Now, <laughs> yeah, well, at the time, I just thought he went down a bit easy. But see,
1: from that uh, I guess when you're up the other end yeah. of the pitch, you always feel, oh that was, that's that has got to have been a penalty. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was
4: the only one in the press box who thought it was soft as well. I oh, thought okay. he would have been soft as well. Everyone else seemed to think it was. So I think that might be me being biased. But um, yeah. I mean, coming back to our pen, uh, so our, our Albassad's got hauled down. Um, Ricky, uh, obviously Jacko's gone off there, so so Ricky Holmes is the one who's been given penalty duty.
1: Well, he had a bit of a to do with.
4: So, so was there a situation? Uh, yeah, they yeah. Yeah,
1: they had a bit of an argument over between it. him and a Jose, was it? Yeah,
4: and so, so what happened then? I
1: think Ricky just basically was like, "No, I'm taking it," yeah. and just took it off him.
4: That was embarrassing. <laughs> you got, know. you go on to miss it because off didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> he, he struck it. Um, I mean, Ricky Holmes has been one of our better players this yeah, season, and yeah. he struck it, struck it well enough on his right foot, and he was going. I mean, he was. I think he was going to go just inside the post, but the problem was. Uh, it was off the ground, so it was quite a nice height, really, for the keeper.
1: And I mean, that you've got to sort of give uh, give him a bit of credit. They have got a decent keeper in Nelson. So, I mean, when he came on, the Jills fans went mad. He's definitely a favourite down there, isn't he? Mm. So, um, it was always going to be. I mean, you, you always think as as a, a player, as a team that's got. a given the penalties, you always think that it's in your favour. But for some reason, I just didn't feel like he was going to score that Mm. one. Yeah. Um, I felt a bit more confident when Nicky took his. But I just, I don't know, I think it was just one of them days. I had an awful day from start (laughs) to finish. (laughs) And it was just like you know what, it's just not going to happen.
4: Yeah, that um, that Holmes penalty miss was our third penalty miss in a row as well, wasn't it? So yeah. we had the, the Jackson one against Rochdale. We had it was it was in the missing yeah. a cup game. And yeah. Against Crawley. Yeah, against Crawley, and then obviously that one. Uh, when when you're passing out that golden opportunity where you haven't been playing that well, then then you're thinking, oh god, here we go. And and, yeah. look, and there there is perhaps where we have ridden our luck then when it's gone down the other end and it's Conseri's. I can't remember which uh, which duels player it was going through, but Con- the, the guy's gone through. And from where I was, I thought Cons was behind him and he's decided to slow down and just wait for a little, a little bit of contact and go down. And I'm guessing that's what the referees thought has happened. But, I mean, the Gillingham fans were convinced that that should have been a penalty. Well,
1: I thought Justin Edinburgh's head was going to come off, the way he reacted. <laughs> and, was it just following that? It was when the referee had to go and have a word with him. I can't yeah, remember. It was one of the decisions been, yeah. he had to go and have a word with him. But... Um, yeah, I don't, I just think like you. As much as I'm, I'm not a fan of Gillingham. Um, I think you've got to sort of be honest and say that actually they deserved a win out of that mm. in, the, in their performance and just the the lack of ours.
4: Yeah, we saw the the substitute late on of without. Uh, I think it was about ten minutes left to go. Lee Novak uh, came on, and then uh, Josh McGuinness was taken off. So we had Novak and a uh, Jose up top. Yeah, and and again that got and some chanting from the away end of, uh, you know, you don't know what you're doing. And all so, so did you get the impression that people around you weren't re- very happy with that sub?
1: No, I mean, I, well, I wasn't either. Um, but I, I think, like we're saying, Josh Josh is one of them players that has got, he can create things out of nothing. And mm. he, he's, he is very much that big man up front that we've been missing since we lost Jan. Um, and we said in the first half, he was like testing balls down, and then there's no one there so to to then take him off I, I just feel that josh and nicky would have been a better pairing um but yeah it's it's just i think and when you have got a play, player like um josh when you you're not playing particularly well but he's still looking like he's going for every every time that ball goes anywhere near the area he's there mm. trying to get it harrying and like, defenders and that so I would have Josh on the pitch over any of our other strikers. Yeah.
4: I mean, because because I guess when you when you're losing by a goal to him, when it's getting to the last minute, so the other temptation maybe just to have, have all three of them on. Yeah, as well, but
1: that's I just that's, I think that's the thing. Like and I know I know like before I've kind of palmed it off a bit, but where people say Russell's very defensive in the way he sets up the team and everything, and and that was really clear yesterday. But when you're chasing. Like at that time, we 1 nil down and you're chasing it. You, um, sorry, my Siri just decided to go to Russell's poor form. <laughs> 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 um, you, you, um, you don't then like take off the, the player who actually looks like the mm. most threatening. Like you say, you, you, then you think, right, I've got nothing to lose, go free up front. And see if you mm. if you can save another one then at least you've tried.
4: Yeah. Uh we, we did see a good chance fall to Lee Novak where a cross came in from the left, I think, from Foxy and uh, That was a brilliant cross, no, by yeah, the way. Yeah, really they, good Novak cross. Novak killed it with a glorious touch, we took it around the uh the, the defender and then it you poked it towards goal and I think the keeper just scrambled it away. Yeah. So we had that uh, that chance. And then finally, just just as we're all giving up really as the clock's ticking over ninety, it comes uh, it the long throw that comes in and it's flicked on. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I thought that was a clear hand. Boy's hand was up. Oh, you, blatantly, yeah. it yeah. was.
1: It was uh, Maradona, Monopour, Maradona. 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 I can't say it. Maradona, Maradona. Yeah. Um. It. Yeah. You could. He was leading with his it's, as he went up. He was clearly leading with his arm and his hand just punched it before uh, it hit the head of. Yeah come and bought one of our players it was yeah.
4: and then so the second penalty gets given to a Jose now so again I didn't see this but someone I was chatting to afterwards said that apparently the ball was passed around a few times before it ended up with a Jose to take it from the spot did you know something like that
1: or? Uh, no I turned away <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it might have been one of my sit down moments when yeah. I'd got bored um, <laughs> yeah no I, I just I was like oh god like yeah so I didn't see any of that
4: yeah that's alright so but anyway I ended up with, with a Jose take, he's a uh, slotted it home with a plom. Uh and then he celebrates, uh and he's his celebration is to uh, run in front of the dugout, bashing his chest, saying, Me, me and Russell Slade sort of waved him away a bit. I mean that was I, I found that quite interesting.
1: I think we had again we had some discussions yesterday. Um at the beginning of the season it wasn't really coming off for Nicky, but I think that's a lot to do with the way the fact that we didn't play to his strengths and People will criticise me for this, but I think we did the same with Big Mac in in the in the past because now you can see at Preston he's scoring goals because they're playing to his strengths. We weren't do, we've not been doing that with Nicky. I don't know whether it's got anything to do with the fact that Russell didn't actually bring him in. We bought him before Russell came in as manager. Um you, you never know what goes on behind closed doors. Mm. We don't know how he trains, what sort of attitude he's got or whatever. He seems like a nice guy to me, but yeah. um and I just think when, you, when you're when you not playing well, you've got nothing to lose. Mm. But give someone... He scored 25 goals last season. Yeah.
4: The, only, the only thing I will say on Nick is... I mean, I, I think even during the second half, yes, I don't think he's done anything until the goal.
1: But he's a goal poacher. Yeah.
4: When,
1: you, when you've got a player like him, you know he's not going to do these mad, crazy runs with the ball at his feet and then smash one in. You know he's going to be in that area... And he'll take a chance on where... He'll be the one that gets the little cheeky tapping in or... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So because he's not banging in a 30 yard screamer it, that doesn't make him a bad player it's just the type of player he is he's a goal poacher and I guess
4: as you were saying it comes down then to the formation that we're setting up is if we're, if we're playing 4-5-1 you don't want Nicky up on his on his, on his tods well no that, yeah. that
1: doesn't work either but, you need him and Josh in my opinion him and Josh would be the best pairing mm, up front I agree
7: and I think we've got wingers that can score the 30 yard goals Holmes already shown that this season that he's done it and Lookman scored a few from outside the area so we've got players that can do that but also those two players can get to the byline and get crosses in yeah. and if a Jose's on the edge of the six yard box and those two are fizzing crosses in then he's going to be there to stick them away which so many times in recent games we get those two get to the byline there's nobody in the box and then McGuinness who's dropped deep and
4: held the ball up is like Busting a gut to get in there, yeah. but he's the only yeah. one that's even close. Mm. Got plenty of tweets and emails coming, in keep them coming into at Charlton Live or Studio at CharltonLive.co.uk. We'll come to those uh, in a few moments I, when the final whistle goes. Again, I was because I had my headphones on. it's hard to tell what what the reaction was of the fans. I mean, the, the goal was well celebrated. I think um, it, it definitely felt like we got I mean, away more with
1: relief of than <laughs> think <anything.
4: laughs> Yeah, just just relief that we didn't lose the El Cantico or whatever some yeah. people were calling it. <laughs> I did I did a vote by the way on Twitter yesterday about whether that was a derby. And I think 80% of people mm. in that. Comprehensively no, it's not, not, wasn't it? It's not, it's not no. a Derby. I, mean, the, I think the surefire sign, as I said at the start of the show, is for the, the fact that we didn't lose means it's not a Derby, because we always lose Derbys. The fact that I was happy to buy a Gillingham mug for my collection means it's not a Derby, because I never buy a Palace or Millwall one.
1: No, uh, it's any, anything further than sort of half an hour away. is not a Derby. <laughs> yeah,
4: it's, just, it's just one of those games that's quite easy to get to, like Watford. Um although the Gilligan fans seem to have a little bit of aggro with us, they were singing there's only one team in Kent and we were going, Yeah, we know, it's Bromley <laughs> and uh <laughs> and uh, then they were singing that South London's not very nice so they obviously, hadn't, they, they obviously know that
1: well if anyone saw my picture that I posted on Instagram yesterday I can't really say that Gillingham's a particularly lovely
4: area <laughs> we've probably got listeners in Gillingham sorry uh, yeah but I'm sure I'm that sure
1: obviously was. wasn't your road
4: yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, so what, what what was the reaction behind the stand as the players were going off and as the manager was going off Did they were they warmly received I saw a video actually on the Facebook group of the final whistle and Slade seems to be getting a little bit of stick again at full time
1: little bit a lot um, of in. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Um the players did get um the claps, I think more of the sympathy. They got what? <laughs> How
4: did they get that? They I'm stealing them for
1: you. Spent too long there. <laughs> um no, they they got applause.
4: Yeah.
1: Um but then as soon as Russell was getting anywhere near the way in, they just let rip. Yeah. And it great. was it was just not not nice to hear. And and sort of saying I thought about last night was actually like we've said earlier, we have got some cracking players in our squad, we have got some really decent players that have got the potential to get us promoted and we're just not playing to their strengths mm. and it's they're making am I allowed to say crap?
4: We well, have you know. well, they're fine, now. Yeah. <laughs> they're making
1: it's it's look making players that were had brilliant reputations, were very good, look very crap.
4: Yeah. Oliver pointed out that we applauded the referee when he went off at full time. See, I did see that. Oh, was
1: that? that yeah, was, oh, I, I did, because okay. I, I
4: was looking over and I was trying to see who they were giving so much applause to, but it was the referee, which is somewhat ironic because he was terrible yesterday. He just so happened to be uh, terrible in our favour. Right, uh, uh, Tariq Smallman says that the red, playing the Red Red Robin at every intro is the only thing related to Cholton that makes him happy these days, which is a shame. Uh, Freddie Saunders says, Sack Slade, I would rather have Jose Riga then be doomed for the rest of the season uh, with a relegation fight. I mean, we're we're 17th. Mm.
3: The
4: the one thing I did say in a pub yesterday, on many occasions, like we do not look like a team that's going to be challenging the top top six. No, no chance. Nowhere near. Do do, do you think it will get that bad that we'll be in a relegation fight? Well,
1: you know what? Nothing would surprise me at the moment, Louis. And I actually, sadly, again, everyone knows how positive I normally am. Yesterday, um... I, I just, I felt like potentially we could.
4: Yeah.
1: Because it was, it's, it's a, just...
4: It's a Gillingham team that was below us that outplayed us at times. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and historically, I know you can't sort of go go on about the history and everything, but historically we would be going into that game saying, we're going to, we're going to like bang a few in, it'd be a comfortable win. But even going there was like... Mm. Not sure, not sure. And then just to be during the game praying for a point, it just, that's not the Charlton I know and no. love.
4: Yeah. Very, very sad. Uh, London Eric Geezer, Mike Tyson says, uh, Slade, clueless, hopeless, time to get rid, or are we going down? Jackson, legend, but sadly not good enough anymore. I mean, he, certainly, he certainly didn't make much of a, an impact yesterday, did he, Jack? And-
1: I, I think, again, going back to the, the difficulty that, like, We were saying yesterday that how much Solly and Morgan used to get down the wings, and we're not seeing that anymore. That's not happening anymore. Something's going on behind the scenes that we don't know about, I'm sure of it, because these players don't become crap overnight.
4: Did you think... Where we see what happened, for for example, the, the the comments after the Port Vale game, where where I think it's fair that Russell obviously he came across, I don't think it came across great, but it's fair to say that Russell's correct in saying it's not his fault that the players, you know, the players should be taking those chances, the players should not be giving away the penalty. For example, he said, at Port Vale." Do you think comments like that can affect the morale of the team? Is that the sort of comment you'd expect well, from a manager? I mean, he's an experienced manager, so he, he might have done this before. I don't know if that's his style at other teams. But...
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean I don't know. I, I think. And this is, I'm going to make a really strange comparison there. And you can disagree with me if you want. Hmm. Football players are like small children. They learn from their teachers. They do what they're told. So, if you're saying to this child, you need to write that line a certain way, but if it doesn't happen that way, you need to, do you know what I mean? Like, You've explaining
0: yeah.
1: ways. And it just feels like they—they they just it like are completely unguided at the moment. They it it looks like they don't know what they're doing.
4: I'll, I'll get the impression that Russell is very much an old-fashioned manager in terms of the way he disciplines his squad, the way he talked to his squad. And do you think that that isn't working?
1: See, I've got a lot. I've got a lot of respect for some of the things that Russell brought in in terms of making things more professional. So, and it is silly things like the lads have to wear a suit on a match day, they get fined if they're late, which, as I understand, all kind of went out the window um, a couple of years mm. prior, after after Pally left. So, like, they started getting fines for having their phone in the, the dressing room or being late and those sorts of things. So he's brought back the old-school, like, respect of the roles. But I don't know if uh, sometimes that can if if you're being too harsh with players sometimes you need to know what individual players need so, like i always remember parley saying sometimes some of them will react better to you getting in their face and shouting at them others need an arm around their shoulder and a bit of reassurance and i'm i'm not sure that russell's that type of manager
4: yeah Thank you, Right, well, we've still got a few more of your tweets to read out, but I think first uh, let, let's listen to uh, to Russell Slade. We've been uh, we've been talking about him. He uh, came out to speak to the media yesterday. I nearly missed it actually because because <laughs> our, our game finished so late. I didn't do my, my match report until after the five o'clock news. So I was then running down and I missed the start of the interview. Uh, but I've managed to steal it off YouTube anyway. So uh, so let's listen to what Russell Slade had to say uh, speaking to Terry and the rest of us after yesterday's uh, game against Gillingham.
5: Russell, uh, a one-all draw uh, in slightly different circumstances to the to the draw on Tuesday. I suspect you're slightly happier uh, today than you were. Well,
2: mi- mixed, really mixed. I mean, the first half um, we were a little bit flat. I felt um, I thought they were the better side in the first period. Not that there was a lot of chances for either side. In all fairness, um, but. You know, I thought that we, we, we were below. There was too many of our players a little bit below the levels um, that they'd given us over the previous couple of games. Um, there's a need to change it at half-time, um, which we did. Um, thought as that half then, the second half wore on, I thought we grew into it, um, managed to get on top, create a few chances, second half, which is what we do. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't convert enough to get the three points.
5: The game that we, uh, we we did on Tuesday, especially in the first half, didn't quite, uh, didn't quite come to fruition in, in this one. Uh, and uh, when you changed it at half-time, we certainly looked a better side.
2: Yes, we did, we did, we did look better in, in the second period. Um, I have to say, you know, I ju- <laughs> we needed to be better uh, after the first half. That can happen sometimes. A little bit flat. I think one or two below their levels for one reason or another. As you know, we have had a bit of a virus. We lost Patrick Bauer on the way here, um, a- amongst others. There was some others... Suffering a bit, but it was important that you know we just rolled our sleeves up. Ninety minutes of football, and for whatever reason, you know, try, try try to find a level that was going to get us a result today. Um, it didn't quite happen, though. We did have two massive windows of opportunity to put the game to bed.
5: And two magnificent saves from the keeper, as well as the uh, the penalty save. Did you think at that point it might never come? Well, we, the
2: important thing is we you keep creating, we keep persevering. Um, we have to keep. If we don't do that, then, you know, we're not going to get those opportunities, and we want to keep knocking on the door, and, and, and forcing opportunities, and creating chances, I think that's really important, which is what we've done in the main anyway, but um, second half, they started to come, gradually we started, you, you know, finding a little bit of space, and Novak's had one, and Josh McGuinness has had one, a fine header, and and... And to be honest, um, Addy could have hit the target once or twice and caused, cause them a bit more of a problem. But look, all, all in all, we we just have to, we just have to move forward again now. We have a home game. It's two tough games that we've had away from home. Um, we've created a little bit of momentum. Would have liked a few more points. We've taken five from nine of two of them away from home. You know, it's, we wanted more, but it wasn't to be. But we have a home game Saturday and we need to, you know, go and do what we've done. Over the recent games, in terms of our creativity, um, our movement in the box, and you know our progressive passing to go and get goals.
5: I can't let the interview pass without uh, mentioning the referee. Um, Is that uh, one of the more bizarre ninety minutes you think you've uh, you've had to witness?
2: Well, he has. He has a difficult job anyway. At the best of times, doesn't he, out there in the middle? Um, He's had to make a few calls today, hasn't he? um, I think they, they they were looking to claim a penalty, and then there was obviously the two penalties that he did give. Um, cl- clearly, I think everybody in the building saw the second one. His hand was very high in in, in the in the air, and um, he, he didn't leave the referee. I don't think he left him any decision. Uh, you know, everybody will debate um, anything else that happened. I haven't seen the first one, but certainly my eyes didn't deceive me on the second one. Thank you, Good luck,
4: Good luck sir. Thank you. Russell, and Nicky Joseph has been very patient uh, waiting for his chance yeah, yeah. And he, he got his goal today. Did you think he was maybe making a slight point with his celebration?
2: No, 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 no. He just wanted to be on the penalty, that's what it was about. He wasn't talking about scoring the goal, he just wanted to be on the penalty, but before before the game it was um, it was Ricky. Um, that was on the pens, because obviously um, at that stage, Nicky was a substitute.
4: That's quite big for Nicky to come back and to get a goal today.
2: No, really pleased, really pleased for him, I've said that at the end of the game you know, he's, um, he's, he's gone and got a, a goal and that might give him you know that little bit of a push as well now, going forward.
5: In terms of the first penalty with Ricky, what did you make of that? He puts it in the court, well to the side doesn't he, but maybe at a height that the keeper doesn't have to get up or down for as he goes to his right. Yeah, he
2: looked like he hit it firm enough, um, Rich, but Obviously, I think, it, when, it, as you say, when it's at that kind of medium height, if the keeper guesses right the right way, he gives himself a chance of, of, of making the save. And, um, you know, he's he's made that save, and it's another one we've missed, unfortunately.
5: Yeah, the big appeal they had was the one with es- Esri Conza, wasn't Correct, it, what, what it was, what yes. Is, yeah. What did you think don't I, know.
2: I don't know. I couldn't really see because he was kind of... As was kind of the other side of him, so yeah. it was difficult to know how much contact he got, and he probably got a little bit of contact um, w- whether it was enough to get a penalty i don 't know yeah. well,
4: there were there were a
6: fair few boys out there that were struggling with the virus that still played today despite that or, or yeah yeah were
2: yeah, there. there was a few boys out there yeah yeah i 'm not going to say who and who was and who wasn 't but yeah there was, we 've we've, we've had about um, half a dozen that have been struggling with that, and unfortunately, Pat had to pull out on the coach on the way here because it's just starting to affect him, so his energy levels were whoa, what right down. So there
5: were some other big performances weren't There, Jason Pearce. Uh, I thought it was immense. They just yeah, yeah. I thought so well, didn't they? Yeah, right? I, thought, I thought those.
2: Yeah, I thought they were two good picks, um, Rick. That you've done there, Rich. And I think he was very good. Um, Pearcey at the back um, and Crofty. You know, his experience in midfield kept us going, kept us going forward, and in that second period as we started to get on top a little bit. <laughs>
3: Again, Sterling. Sterling. Jamie Jackson.
5: Charlton live
2: from the home of time. time, This is Maritime Radio,
4: Greenwich. Carol, a heavy defeat at Burnley today. How do you sum that one up? We were good. Charlton live. Welcome back to Charlton live here on, uh, on Maritime I'm glad, you, I'm glad you still find that one funny so. <laughs> it hasn't really worn off on me yet either but I laugh internally now um, I can't smile when it comes to Cholton anymore mm. <laughs> when, um, uh, we heard there from Russell Slade um, I, 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 I think it's probably fair to say that when, um, when, when we get a result Russell will always try and find the positives from it and you know, you, you, he will look at the fact that, you know, when we changed to four four two. I think we did start creating more chances than we had in the first half. It wasn't many, and we were still second best, but it w- there was a slight improvement. And I guess you, you do get this, the sense that he tries to take those sort of positives from his, from his interviews. I think, yeah, that's what I think
7: any manager's going to do. And when we look at the last week, we've drawn away and won at home, which is, again, you know, in another world, you'd <coughs> or in another time, you'd be saying, drawing away and winning your home games is promotion form again. But the truth of it is that it's not... The truth of yesterday is that the first half wasn't good enough. Um, and we were playing a team that were 1 in 6 and conceded an average of 2 a game prior to our game. And it took us until the very last minute to score. So I get why he does it. Obviously, he's not going to. I don't think he's the sort of manager that's just going to come in and, and slag everybody off. But it's not good enough. And I think he's under real pressure now. Um, I, I really wanted it to work out. Uh, but it just. Unless he changes his tactics at the moment, which he just doesn't seem to be doing, I really don't see where we're going to start picking up enough points to, to move up the table. And I think we're only five points or something off the playoffs, which is ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's, but, a
4: bizarre, it's a bizarrely tight league.
7: But I, I, even those five points, I just don't see us making them up if he keeps playing what I would just say is, is negative football.
4: It'd be really interesting to see now how we line up against Chesterfield mm. next Saturday because he, he's 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 taken that plunge at half time yesterday and he's he's come away from the 4-5-1 the f- and, and gone to the 4-4-2. Bought on Nicky or Jose. It'd be interesting to see if he sticks with that or if he, if he goes back. I mean, yeah. I
7: think uh, certainly uh, Naif on Thursday said uh, away from home he kind of is happy with the 4-5-1. Uh, personally, I'm not. I, I don't think we should be playing that there either or if we are only against the teams that are perhaps near the top of the league but against someone like Gillingham for me we had to go 4-4-2 and and push and try and dictate that game but certainly at home I would expect that and depending on what's gone on behind the scenes between him and Jose which Sue touched on a bit earlier I can't see why you wouldn't start him and Josh McGuinness up front because Josh has proven that he's probably the, the best striker we've got at the moment and his hard work against Coventry last weekend was the reason we won that game um, and a Jose, if we play to his strengths and we play those two wingers, there's no reason why he can't get goals as well. So
4: so, so what do we think about the, the Nicky-Jose celebration? And, and let us know, uh, tweet in studio at charltonlive.co.uk is the email or tweet us at charltonlive. I mean, I, 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 we, we heard what Russell's reaction there was. Um, I, I felt perhaps, you know, he, he didn't come out and go, oh yeah, no, Nicky was giving me... A, I, I sort of said, was he giving you a message or something like that? Was he making a point? And, and Russell obviously felt... Uh, like he wanted to say that he wasn't, it he, he was just because he wanted to take the penalty. But he, even then, if, if he's making a point that he wanted to take a penalty, if you're making that point quite visually in front of 8,000 people to the manager. Um, I, I, I can't imagine that Russell would have liked that. No, I can't think he would either. But the, the way you look at it is, this is a player who scored
7: upwards of 20 goals last season and he's not getting a start in a team that are struggling. So I think to suggest that it's it's not that is a, is a bit bizarre because... If I was a Jose, I'd be feeling frustrated and annoyed that I hadn't been given my chances. So, obviously, we're not him. We don't know exactly why he's done it. But it looks to me very much like that was a message to Slade to say, look, OK, it was only a penalty, but this is what I can do. I will score you goals. You've got to give me my chance.
4: Lewis Wheeler tweets in, again, how many more times do we persist with the useless Fox, who, again, was at fault for the goal, and Jackson, who does nothing? Russell Slade taking us to new lows, 4-5-1, leaving out last season's second-top goal scorer, Glad to see a Jose gave him abuse. See, so.
1: I want to say something about the Morgan Fox point because we had this discussion yesterday at the game. We haven't got anyone else mm. to play in that what position. Week, uh, when we le- when we lost two, Drake sorry, yeah. um, that and I believe I firmly believe I don't care how good a player is they need competition for their place. He hasn't got that. Um. And I think if we'd kept, we'd managed to keep hold to Tariq, then I, I, I've got no doubts that he would be our starting, mm. our starting agree. line-up.
7: I think he yeah. just needs someone pushing him. We said it, I think it was last weekend, we spoke about it. When he came in for Wiggins, that was when he was at his best and then Wiggins got fit and wasn't able to get back in the team because Fox was playing so well. But so spot on, as soon as Tariq went, he's had nobody pushing him. Okay, as a footballer, you obviously, you've got your self pride and you should be performing anyway, but it's not...
4: You know, it's not easy to do that when you know that your place is probably going to be assured anyway. We've, we've got that Adam Chickson, isn't he? he? Actually, came on <laughs> mm. yesterday, but yeah, like he yeah, doesn't seem to have been very near to the starting line at all. Did he not? Did oh, know, no, know. sorry, sorry, he came on at Port Vale. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He, came, the, he played the miserable Crawley in yeah. the, that rubbish cup, yeah. and um, all the miserable he, games just rolled into one to me. Now. He, he
7: looked, <laughs> he looked all right, but but nothing brilliant. But also on on the skipper, I think, and again, this is something we've said for so many weeks now. If you're going to play him or Crofts, that's fine, yeah. but you, you don't play them both, and we saw the last home game when he played Crofts and Olverstead in the middle, you saw the difference it made, but here he's he's gone back to those three in the middle and, and that's not going to work, and I'm not even suggesting that if you play 4-5-1 that that's necessarily the the worst thing you can do, but those three midfielders like that, or like when he was playing Foley and Crofts together, they don't work, and I think either you play Olverstead and Crofts or you play Olverstead and Jackson, and... Olverstead uh, and Cross certainly in the last home game were, were pretty good together I know it was only against Coventry who were fairly fairly average but you, you need a, a strong midfield and unfortunately Jackson in those three it, it just doesn't work
4: uh, Oliver says at half time I remember a few lads grabbed Teixeira's attention and they told him to tell Russell Slade that he hasn't got a clue <laughs> uh, uh, Lewis said I agree with Sue. Yeah McGuinness is a workhorse but will he get 20 goals no Jose will he's a goal scorer play him uh, but with that so I think like you said I, I think a Jose and McGinnis will work quite well together I remember at Fleetwood away where we ended up drawing 2 to a couple of times uh, McGinnis knocked the ball down a couple of times for Jose and he didn't take those chances in, in that in those cases right I'm going to set you up here guys uh, Mike Tyson says surely the a panel agree it's time for Slade to go now what's your what's your views you go first
1: <laughs> thanks <laughs>
4: It's a tough one, isn't
1: it? It is really tough. Because if if he goes, who do we get in? That's what worries me.
4: Bob Liskin's just tweeted that Carl Robinson has left MK Donson. No! <laughs> exactly. No! That is a correct we're, reaction. We're Steve Evans these days. <laughs> Don't even. He's down Charlton Kebab House, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even. Don't joke about
1: things like <laughs> that. It's not funny. I'll be but having th- nightmares for the next put, three well, weeks. Put,
4: put it this way. The, the, the reaction we've had from... Uh, from Mike Tyson's tweet, there not a real Mike Tyson. Uh, is the fact n- normally on this show? If I ask that question, I'd expect to straight away. Nah, nah, come on. Mm. The fact it's taking this long to answer, I think suggests that there's certainly second thoughts in people's minds at the moment. You know,
1: I, I just think like I'm not one for chopping and changing managers either. So I, I think how we we operated in the last two and a half years is not the way to operate in in terms of changing your manager every six months. But, or if not even shorter amount of time than that, you need to bed in. These relationships take time to grow. And I know we all want it to happen overnight, but realistically, it doesn't. Mm. Um, you have a very unique situation, like the season we went up with Pauly, where it was that whole new team, and we keep going back to it. But I think that is a very unique situation. It is not very often that that happens at any football club. But... I don't know. I, I I wouldn't want to say yeah. I think he should go. Yet, yeah. but it is in a really difficult situation now because if you've got the fans on your back and against you, yeah. you're kind of on a hiding to nothing.
4: I, I mentioned this on Thursday about this, this thing I'd done in in Richard's mm. paper on for Friday, which is where I thought. Um, and and you're right. I think uh, the fans are on the back, and and you know. I've Right, we're seventeenth. Let's let's not beat around the bush. He's probably rightly so at the moment that he should be under pressure. But um, I, 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 I still put down to you know you, you can look at the manager or you can look at the the whole picture. And whereas the day to day footballing stuff isn't going to plan at the moment, you look at the whole picture and you look at how difficult it is to work at this club um, with the the mistakes of the people before you. Uh, are added onto your shoulders, really. You've got, you've got that pressure from everything, everything that's gone wrong in the last two years, and I don't think that helps. Mm. Uh, and, and that's why I sort of sort of saying, I, I genuinely think that without a full root and branch clear out of this club... From from the board, you know, as as we've all talked about for for a couple of years now, from the, from the owner, from the the distrust between between the fans and the owner, I honestly think the only way that this can get better is for them to go first, and then we mm. think about a new manager. I I, mm. that, I think that's just the situation we're in now. I think that's the way I see it as well. And
7: since yesterday, in fact, no, probably for the last week and a bit, I've been toying with this idea of whether I'm I want Slade to go or not, because on the whole, like Sue, I think. Stability is the way forward. I think we've had so many chopping and changing and we finally got someone who's got experience of this league. Let's give him some time and see Mm. what he does. I think the stuff he's done behind the scenes in terms of managing both up and down has been brilliant. Um, I think he's working under incredibly hard circumstances. So all of that works in his favour. And yet when he then plays a 4-5-1 or makes these tactical decisions that cost us games, I'm so so disappointed and so frustrated. And I, that bit, I, until that changes, I don't see why why we would keep him here. And he he doesn't look like he wants to change it either. And I don't know who he would get in. I haven't got an answer as who someone who comes in. But the, the, of the, the mistake here, yeah, maybe the, the mistakes he's making, or the mistakes in my opinion that he's making, seem so basic. And I'm not a football manager. I don't know. And he obviously knows more about the game than I do. But I don't understand some of the things he's doing, and I'm not alone in that because all of the fans are voicing that opinion. So look, he's under enormous pressure, definitely. Mm. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if he went, uh, and I don't think at the start of the season, if someone had told me he'd be gone in November, I think I would have been so angry at the regime. But to be honest, if if he does go, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me, and it, I wouldn't be as disappointed as. You wouldn't be shedding any tears, would you? I don't think I would, no. And it's hard for me to say because I very rarely, Carol Fry aside, even when Riga and Peters and Luzon came in, I very rarely criticised them because I I could see what they were trying to do. And I just can't with Slade. I expected so much more from him and he's just Mm. disappointed me. As I say, on the pitch, I think the stuff he's done behind the scenes on the whole for the club, he's he's trying to to do well under very difficult circumstances but on the pitch is what matters and, and it's not coming off and it's time and time again the same mistake Were we
4: expecting too much too soon? I mean we're how many months into the season? now we're three months into the season the mess that we're in is it something that would have been changed around by any manager in three months? Is no. it something that perhaps is you know is, is this a transition season? Are we, are we just going to have to get used to the fact that we're going nowhere this year but maybe next year will be different? Is, is that the situation?
1: I, th- I think in, in defence of Russell as we as he, he sort of when he came in he had a player a, a, a group of players I wouldn't say a team because it wasn't a team a group of players that weren't fit um, all discipline had gone out of the window so they were arriving late to training there wasn't any structure um, a lot of the backroom staff that had been here for a long time had gone um, and it was almost like starting again and When you've got... I mean, I I was really hopeful in the summer. When we Mm. got him in, I was like, brilliant. We've got an English manager. He knows the league. He knows the game. He's passionate. Just what we need. And then you see other players that we're interested in choosing other teams Mm. that are not... All right, we say this because we're fans, but that are not on our level. They're not as big as we are or were. And, and that, to me, then you think, right, there's something. What is going on to make these players not want to come here? So now he's, we're still in this phase where we're, we've we kind of got other lads in that are really good, but then we're still having to rely on youth mm-hmm. again. I mean, you're, we're relying on, like, Esri Konza, in my opinion, is probably one of the best defenders that I've seen down here for a long, long time. And... He's 18.
4: Bob Liskin. Yeah, exactly. Bob Liskin says, come on, guys, cheer up. We've only lost three games, but drawn too many. Trust in Russ. Yeah, He's got a point as well. And Obviously, we're going to be down because we really expected we were going to get something
7: from yesterday. But I I keep coming back to the fact that, as fans, the mistakes seem so basic. So Jose is one of the top scorers in the league, but he's not playing. When he does play, he's not playing to his strengths bataka comes back off the international break and looks flying we've barely seen him since I'm, i don't know what's up with him at the moment but i think
1: got injured but when
7: he was on the bench and he wasn't coming on or he was coming on for five minutes and f- until about three weeks ago we were rarely playing two wingers anyway we were only playing lookman or Holmes at a, at a time and those are the kind of things that as fans you see it and it looks like glaringly obvious mistakes and maybe Slade's seeing something we don't, but he's not coming out and explaining those in a way that justifies the selection for me. And and that's what's really frustrating. But sort of going on what Sue was saying about relying on people like Esri, we shouldn't be relying on someone like Luckman either. And mm. when Luckman and Holmes have good games, we look good. And when those two don't, we look shocking. And to be that reliant on our two wide players is, is a real worry because they're the only two players that really look, maybe McGuinness as well at the moment, look like they can take a game by the scruff of the neck and... We have got people like Crofts in the middle and Pierce at the back who are solid, but they're not. They're not going to turn a game. Mm. And I think yesterday was another of those signs. You say Lookman really struggled, and mm. and we struggled. Whereas at Coventry, you know, we were getting those players on the ball and driving forwards, and we were we were fine. So,
1: and, yeah. that, and that that going on from that, time <coughs> my worry is then what? God forbid anything happens yeah. to Ricky or Addy or both. What
4: happens in January too
7: when where, the transfer window's open? Where where are
1: we then? Mm. Who have we got to come in?
4: Yeah. Uh, Dan says, uh, if this is a transition season, then don't promise the fans the top six like they did when Slade first took over. Right, a few more tweets, and we're going to go to a quick break. we still got your emails and there's a few comments on the and Live Forum as well uh, to read about. Freddie Saunders says, I kind of wish we lost on Saturday. That way, I think Slade would be gone. Unfortunately, we are stuck with this schmuck. Uh, Mark uh, that's that's quite a, ple- that's quite a, quite a good, good sentence word, it? Yeah, yeah good like uh, bit of poetry that was Freddie uh, Mark we'll, uh, Mark Whiffin says uh, we are drawing too many games Slade needs to be starting a Jose and playing four four two. 4 this is Freddie Slade has lost the dressing room Slade has lost the fans Slade has lost our club uh, Dan says Slade says a uh, Jose can push on now but how will he do that when he's on the bench week in week out Slade has to start him on Saturday Sebo said that he wouldn't mind Nathan Jones coming in if if, uh, if Russell Slade uh, were to leave right let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live on, on Maritime Radio we've got um, a few emails to look at and we've got a couple of comments on the Charlton Live forum as well keep your comments coming in studio at CharltonLive.co.uk you can tweet us at Charlton Live let us know what you thought of the uh, we haven't really mentioned it yet but we will do the aeroplane protest yesterday uh, organised by card paid for by a single fan uh, the plane flew over uh, the uh, the Priestfield Stadium just for a kick off interesting side note. now that was actually planned for Oxford Away, but it was too windy, so they had to rearrange it for, for ginning them away. That's a good bit of in, inside info for you. Uh, right, let's have a quick break and uh, we'll come back here on Channel 9 in 30 seconds. Catching he but all my coffee's done,
5: he's gone for it, you know. Oh!
3: Almost at the halfway line. Unbelievable strike! That is outrageous. (laughs) Right-footed. Saw Holmick off his line. uh, What a goal!
5: Charlton line.
2: From, the home, From of
3: time. the home of time, this is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. That's very weird. Charlton Live!
4: So, welcome back to Charlton Live here on uh, Maritime Radio. So, let's uh, let's have a look at some of the emails. I think uh, people have emailed us. Studio at charltonlive.co.uk. So, we've got half an hour to do so if you want to get your uh, thoughts read out here on Charlton Live on tonight. So, we've got the first one, see?
1: Yeah, um. Unfortunately, we had another one, but it's gone missing. We don't know where it's gone um, that was sent yesterday, but we've got one from Alex Hall. Um, Dear Charlton Life, thank you once again for a great podcast. Sadly, we might have to consider making a change in management soon. We don't seem to be improving. Every game, we are either struggling to hold on to a lead or get back in the game. The amount of draws is a great worry. How comes teams like Scunthorpe and Wimbledon can get it together and we can't? I believe that we have the players and should be higher than 17th. This is well below expectations. Cheers, Alex Hall. Um,
4: it's true when you, you look at the sizes of the other clubs that are doing well in this league. I mean, I know when you, you look at the likes of Wimbledon will be on a different trajectory than we are because they got promoted last season. But, you know, it's gone forth a bit down there for a few years. You look at how small crowds they get in, but they, they put it but together. But Wimbledon
1: have had consistency in their manager yeah, is, hardly- a, is someone that came through their team. Um, knows the team inside out, the 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 club inside out, and they do. They get. They get, they seem to get players that get it. I know they talk about like like
7: we, like we did one. The old
1: crazy gang, all right. They're not the crazy gang anymore, but they they've kind of got this ethos that's that's in their blood, and they seem to get the right players in that that kind of know what it's about and and sign sign up for that and sign into it. So.
3: Mm.
4: Good tweeting from Brendan just now. She says, uh, My husband Smithy says, Can we please go up so we don't ever have to sit on that scaffolding again?
1: <laughs> oh, we wish. <laughs> Mind you, was we... Good. could try getting relegated. <laughs> we, went, we went to pre-season friendly there a few years ago. Did we? Yeah.
4: yeah. That was My first ever Bromley game was at Gillingham? actually in the FA Cup. Good bit of info there. That might come <laughs> up in a pub quiz at some point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what game we did, did Louie mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, right, next one. Bobbliss... Evening one and all, I felt I had to write this email about the concerns I have over the long-term plans that RD might have. It's been mentioned many times recently that the only way you can make money out of our club is either by being in the Premier League, pigs might fly, although we know they can, (laughs) or selling the ground for redevelopment. We can all see that this must be the route he will take as he has absolutely no interest or love for the club. Is there a Charlton fan out there who can find out exactly what the situation is about building on the site so we can all rest in peace knowing that this can't happen? Team matters. I do not understand those who are getting on Slade's back. Do they want another Belgium nobody again? We've got what we asked for in an experienced British manager so we should support him. Dodgy subs as well. Why do we want to give RD and KM the chance to say, we gave you what you wanted and it didn't work? No, thanks. I'll stick with Slade for the time being. Mind you, if he doesn't start a Jose on Saturday, I could easily change my mind. Brilliant idea flying the banner over the priest field yesterday, another gem from Card, and well done whoever it was that paid for it out of his own pocket. How many fans go to the lengths that we have? Cheers. Yeah, that's Bob. a good
4: email, but there's Brilliant, a few Bob. points on there. Yeah, I mean it starts off starts off with the email uh, talking about the I mean the suggestions that's uh, one one of one of Roland's out games may be to try and sell the ground uh, for um for money It's like for money. That's that's one way you can make money out of the club and that's one thing that you know, we know we know we've had a lot of emails in about uh, over the last few weeks. I mean in terms of value in the ground, I mean none of us are property experts I don't really know but you'd expect it, it must be worth a fair few millions yeah with
7: just this well first of all just being in London in the first place obviously Crossrail coming in is supposed to be adding value to this area of London anyway yeah it's certainly a a, a way
4: of making money
1: and the size of the area yeah. mm. as well you, you could build a whole estate mm. just yeah. on this patch
4: I mean the, I was chatting about this with someone yesterday and it's, it's suggesting apparently um, you know in order to get the full amount obviously you'd have to build the. Uh, uh, flats all over the entire pitch, but you'd also have to add in new roads and stuff. So it could be quite an expensive venture as well, in its own in its own way. But it's certainly something that's been that's been muted uh, before. And then he can say that now. So Bob, someone who doesn't want to see Slade go yet, and um, you know, you, I, I imagine there'll be a fair few people out there who are still in that boat, don't want to see too much change yet. Mm. Uh, I was speaking to a couple actually when I was a couple of the, the guys when I was just just before I was going in yesterday. Actually, they were waiting around outside and. And uh, I sort of said, oh, what did you, know, you make it at the interview on uh, on Tuesday?" And they said, "Well, you know, I want a, You want a manager who's got fire in his bellies mm. and you know, thinks um, you know who, who who can get frustrated because you, you should be frustrated at that time. I mean, that's the other side of it. You, I mean, I, I still don't think you come out and say stuff about the fans have gone that way, but
1: no. But I, I, aside from what he actually said, the one of the qualities that Russell has got is his passion, and I, I really like that about him." Um, he, he he's a f- true football man he's he's he loves he loves football and and he when I've spoken to him about history of club he really seems to have bought into mm.
3: the
1: the idea of how this club has been bought up from the brink by the fans and and, and he loves that about the club and I guess partly frustration I, I don't know. Is there's, there's no excuse for knocking the people that have like travelled all that way. But sometimes I think you, your emotions overcome your actual mm. common sense. The final yeah, sorry. go
4: on. Yeah, so the the final part of the email I was going to say uh, is it was about the plane, uh, Bob Liskam. Now the, uh, the 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 it caught the imagination again for certain. I think Carr tweeted about ten minutes before it came that it was on the way. Um, a good gauge I find is uh, like the, what, what, what card do is and they are very good is that they, they go out and tell the media people just to make sure they know so they make sure it gets the right coverage and then so so, so I, I found out. Uh, on the on the morning before it was gonna happen. So I so I then text the people at the studio to see if they'd be interested in it. And the last few things, the pigs, they were like, Yeah, you've got to tell us about this and they they, they these sort of things attract attention. The plane was like, Yeah, we'll come to you straight away. So they, they came they came to me to tell them about the plane as well. The, these sort of um stunts certainly get they they keep people talking and they, mm. they keep they keep the Charlton story at the forefront of uh of the sports news and that's but that's all it feels like that's all we can do at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. I think um from my point of view as well,
7: they're, they're things that have been done before, but we're doing them better. So there was a spate of, must have been a two seasons ago maybe, where three or four planes in a week were flying over stadiums saying various different stuff. And it was almost to the point where people were wanting people to stop doing that. But actually, we've done it at the right time, and we've done it differently, and it's got picked up loads of coverage in a positive way. Same with throwing stuff on the pitch; we did it two or three times last year. But yet, when we did the pigs, everyone picked up on it again because it was brilliant and it was well done. So I think we're we're timing it right. I think, like you say, we're marketing it right and getting making sure that the name's out there, and like you say, keeping it at the forefront of people's. People's t- talking about charm because mm. that's what we need to do. I don't know if it's, as we said last week, if it's really going to have any effect on Roland himself, you know, tomorrow or this week or even this year. But if we just keep doing it and keep plugging away, eventually we're going to get there and it's, it's going to, everything's going to help us get the club back.
4: Mm. Uh, Brian Haynes says, to be fair to Roland for 10 seconds, he hasn't adopted the fail the club and sell the ground approach anywhere else. Uh, London Inagiza says, Slade has proved he is as bad, no worse. Uh, than any uh, of the pre the three previous managers, surely we can't get behind him just because he's English. And I don't, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't think it's English is such but English experience is, is what we're talking about. But you're right. I mean, people are putting their eggs in the basket because we wa- we wanted to have this this British experienced manager and hoping he'd turn it around, and that's that, that's no reason on its own just to keep someone. But I guess there is a bit of hope to to add mm. to the.
7: It's not. It's not. And I think I think it's pretty obvious for me trying to talk about it that I don't really know where I stand with Slade at the moment but for me it's that I'm so frustrated because I thought with that British experience and with his mentality that things would be different and they're not so when people like Riga came in my expectations were set pretty low I didn't even know the guy I didn't know what to expect and actually he certainly the first time he came in he really impressed me and I thought Slade was going to do better if he goes and some nobody comes in and wins you know the rest of the games and we finish in the top 6 I'm not going to be saying well he's not good enough because he's not had british experience before obviously results results matter and i think i just expected a lot more from slade and that's why i'm disappointed with him
4: Let's, uh, let's read a couple of the quotes off the Charlton Life forum before we go back to finish off the emails. Uh, Cap 10, uh, you might have noticed since you are listening that tonight's show, our, our website's been down. CharltonLife.co.uk is down today, so we're on Maritime Radio instead. We, we're always on Maritime, but we're, we're advising people to listen through the Maritime Radio uh, website. And then Cap 10 said, oh, I thought you said Marmite, <laughs> which uh, seems quite appropriate for Charlton fans at the moment and the regime. You either love them or you hate them, although they most hate them. I think most hate them is, fair, is a fair point. There's very few people who love the regime. Uh, Nug says, I think most of the stick Slade is getting is due to the anger with the state of the club. Definitely making some dodgy decisions, but really limited with his squad. No doubt he's trying to work with these owners and realising they're rubbish, but he should have realised what they were like. I mean, he must have known what he's getting himself into. into. Well,
1: again, we talked about yesterday. He's already worked with two... Um,
4: yeah, dodgy uh, owners.
1: I'll, I'll try and avoid the word <laughs> dodgy. <laughs> two um, slightly different owners um so you kind of think maybe he's, he's just used to it and he knows how to just manage it but and like what i said earlier i wouldn't want people to misread that into me think saying that he he should lose his job because I, I do believe that um he should be given time but i think what what the tweet uh, the tweet says is correct. I think all the frustration that everyone is feeling at the moment about the whole situation is being aimed at Russell mm. at the moment yeah. um, because of maybe a couple of the comments that he's made or the substitutions, whatever it is, but that's people's way of venting um, and being heard. Yeah
4: uh red chaser says no sympathy for russell slade he knew what he was letting himself in for when he took the gig nice final payday if you can get it he's never won anything in 20 years as a manager and was not our first choice so i was naturally underwhelmed when he joined and he's proving me right i'm sad to say it's, it's easy to forget that we actually went for um chris wilder before um uh, russell slade ended up going to sheffield united who are doing quite well now at the top we started off sloppy at um a Shelf United, but they've done quite well now. Uh, old Eddie Yao says, Slade isn't limited with his squad, though, replying to one of the comments above. He says, Players like Holmes, Lookman, to are amongst the best players in this league. We have the players to be top six, but we're not because he picks the wrong players and formation and regularly makes the most bizarre substitutions I've ever witnessed. As much as I don't want the owners to stay, I don't think we can knock them too much for not backing Slade. We were one of the very few League One clubs to spend any money in the summer, and Slade apparently chose a Jose, Cross, and Novak, etc. So he has to take a lot of the responsibility for their contribution and his failure to get uh, so far, to get them to play anywhere near the standard they have elsewhere. I mean, because I mean, don't you don't forget the fact that between a Jose, Novak, and Holmes last season, forty nine goals in uh, leagues one and two between the two of them. Yes, and <laughs> we don't look like we're going to get forty nine goals between us as a team this season, do we? Didn't last year either. Mm. Mm. Uh, a nug, I think he's uh, commented something that was said during the um, interview. He said, Crofts immense do me a favour, most ineffective player on the pitch uh, yesterday uh, hides for most of the game. And then I am Dan, says so spot on, uh, talking about what we were saying earlier, get the owners out before thinking about a new manager, nothing. Uh, Will change, right? Well, we've still got a, an, an email or so to, to go through, and I guess we'll try and look ahead to the Chesterfield game. So, if you, anything else you want to get into, us Charlton live studio, chatonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at Charlton Live. Fifteen minutes left to go here on Maritime Radio. Back in uh, a minute or so as we'll uh, we'll uh, finish off tonight's show.
5: Cousins. lovely ball into the part of Goodmanson can he take his man on oh, he does he's trying to be pulled back but he's in the area the ball across the Vedicale and there's a goal Charlton have the lead again super work firstly from Henderson to roll it out to Cousins who did a pinpoint pass into the part of Goodmanson and instead of Goodmanson going on his own a slide ball ball across the penalty area picked out Kaley, who buried his chance and Charlton are 2-1 up
2: Charlton Live. From the, home of, from the time, home of time, this is Maritime Radio Greenwich.
4: That's
3: very weird. Charlton Live.
4: Talking about Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Um, we've, we've got an email from Bob Liskin, which will uh, we'll have a, 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 a listen to now. See.
1: Mark Newbury. Mark Newbury. We've already We've done Bob Yeah, Sorry, I'm getting my, all right. my name's mixed up there. <laughs> uh, Mark, um, evening to whoever got the short straw to pull apart the remains of the game. <laughs> Hi, Mark. <laughs> this is what happens when Slade goes back to playing the triplets in midfield. I know people dislike Johnny Bayerns, but he pulled strings and scored penalties. The reliance of having the same kind of player all stepping on each other's toes means there is absolutely no invention. The 4 4 2, which got us three goals against Coventry, is back in the box, and the dull flood of midfield sideways passes back. I don't really dislike Slade, but I wouldn't be that upset if he was changed. Carl Robinson is suddenly free. No, Mark! <laughs> And we try to play a more expansive type of football rather than the don't-try-and-lose philosophy being instilled into them. Unable to go next week, but really not as disappointed about that as I would normally be, as no desire to see certain person playing for mm. Chesterfield scoring and celebrating in front of me. Hard to think of a positive to see me through the week. Cheers, Mark.
4: Thanks for your email, Mark. Yeah, I know what you mean by the end of that email. I don't, don't particularly want to talk about that. Um yeah, short straws, but we talk about, I was thinking about this on the way to the to, to show tonight, there are some nights, and it's very similar against Rochdale, was that just me and you, Tom, when we had to... <laughs> that was a tough one, yeah. When sometimes, you're just looking now at the state of everything, and the way we don't really like we're going to play our way out of it anytime soon. No. Uh, you you look, look at the people who just aren't coming to games anymore, I mean, we've all, like, jillingham them away, you tend to expect to sell out, we, we, we fell 500 tickets short yesterday, there's, there's so much apathy around the club now, and so much disheartened heartened heart fans, and oh, it gets hard sometimes, doesn't it?
7: People, yeah, that's the thing, people just, just don't want to do it anymore, that's that's the saddest thing about it all, it's just, you know, even when we've been terrible in the past, I still looked forward to coming to games, it wouldn't take long for me to then obviously hate it, but you wake up on a Saturday now and it's just, the idea of going in itself is just tough for so many people, and... There's plenty of people who aren't even doing that and have decided not to come, which I think is an even harder decision to take because that's something I tweeted yesterday. That's just something I don't think I'll be able to do. And, you know, Russell, uh, Russell, Roland and Katrine have bought this club and I, I'm still going to keep coming and I can't not, but I don't enjoy it anymore and it's that's what's so tough. And, you know, we used to lose and you'd come in here and it would be a good chance to rant and get your opinions out and speak you know speak to fans kind of virtually via the emails and the tweets and and share all that but now it's really tough to actually come in and do because it's just it's just so like you say apathetic towards it it's just
1: it's quite depressing it actually is. because it's i think it's <clears throat> as we've talked before like it's something that even when times weren't great it's always brought you a, a sense of joy and pride mm. um in that that constant fight to to get to a better place and it doesn't feel that way at the moment. And it, it almost feels like we've given up.
3: Mm. Mm. It does. Not,
1: not in the sense of, like, what card are doing, but just there's now, that like we've said earlier, there's that sense of, like, oh, if we get a point, it'll be a relief, rather than, like, that confidence that we used mm. to have going into each game of, I think we can get something here, I think we can get something here, and
7: that that month or so when, when Dale and, and Powell and Jan all went and that was just awful and I, I hated it but I showed much more emotion when that happened than I do now and Riga came in and I didn't really know much about him but that fight we gave and the support we gave Riga despite the fact that this club legend who'd led us back into the championship had been taken from us and our star striker who we all loved had been taken from us but yet all the fans were together and we've you know, we played a big part in keeping the team up that year. They were having to play Tuesday, Saturday every week, and there was still, for a brief period, that unity. But none of that's here anymore. You've got people not turning up. You've got people turning up who don't almost don't want to come but can't stay away. The the team just aren't performing. You've got a manager slagging the fans often, like you've said in, in your newspaper uh, piece, Louis. It just comes back to the fact that the club's like rotten from top to bottom, and mm. and nobody else could manage in those circumstances, and. As far as I can see, until that ownership changes, I don't see how it's going to get better.
1: I, th- I think as well, like when you was, it was just, just made me think, Tom, when you were just saying about when when parley left and and Jan and and the fact that then we got Regan in, but we got behind him and we we mm. stuck together, and now things feel very disjointed. And our fans are arguing with each other and they're fighting with each other. And that's never, ever happened down yeah. here. And that—that's things like that make me sad because we've mm-hmm. always, always stuck together through whatever, thick and thin.
4: There's so, there's so many fractions in the fan base. Yeah, you know, fractures is the word we yeah. used on Thursday. And you see it all over the place, do you know, in between... You know, people who are more willing to to give the owners a chance still, if, even if there, is, if it does feel like there's fewer and fewer of them. People who don't don't like certain protesters, people who are protesting. You, this this is arguments all mm-hmm. over the gaff, and it's and horrible. And the
7: fact the fact we're even having to protest in the first place to yeah, save the club talk, is yeah. just. It, you know, it's great in the fact that we're doing it, but it's a nonsense that we're even having yeah. to do it in the first place.
4: Got an email here from uh, from Robin Lisbon. It says, hi guys, uh, uh, great show as always. I'm renowned for trying to get fans to start to think about Roland's objective. So to recap, he will use the academy player Sales to balance the books. He will play in while deliberately running the club into League 2 with less protesting fans. He'll then be ready to make a play on relocating us from the Valley. In the meantime, Mayor cosies up to the FA uh, ready to make sure they are on the side. For those that question why we can't influence Greenwich Councils to stop it, think again the 2016 planning rules are now in Roland's favour and likely to be out of our control. You may also think the FA will come to our rescue. Think again. They have just confirmed that without doubt they will not follow the German models of fans uh, of controlling uh, fans controlling 51%. So the official, owners will be allowed to kill clubs. Bizarre. Uh, they are okay with that. Are they serious? You heard the FA coming under fire Saturday from both Charlton and commentary fans. Rightly so. Now step that kind of protest up because they appear to be as incompetent as our owners. I, I don't know if any of you guys saw the... Uh, select committee. When the uh, with the the FA were put in front of the select committee yeah. the other day, and um, there there were one there was one comment that comes uh, out of that that if I can't, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something along the lines of the fact that the, the uh, FA sort of saying effectively we can't we can't stop incompetent people from buying clubs, and my my, my response to that was you know. There's there's laws against criminals doing stuff. Like you can stop a criminal doing something, but you can't stop an idiot doing something, can you? Like, unless someone's done something like against the law, if they're just a bit doing it a bit wrong there's not i don't know what you can do that's the question i don't understand that's why i guess robin's brought up the german the german model of mm-hmm. ownership with the 51 percent where fans own 51 percent of the club and then an owner i mean i, mean, like I said said, running was in some sort of buffer for his ownership of his german club the a couple of weeks ago because someone suggested that he was trying to exert too much influence over that 51 percent with his 49 percent. but that's that's one way that it could be uh protected uh robin's uh Email continued, The real threat, this is a real threat, and Roland is holding off investors and holding out to cash in what he perceives as a £60 plus cash reward. I understand we all want to get behind the football, but we need to protest with Card against Roland and also now against the FA. Both are as destructive as each other. Strong words there from Robin. Marion said, you're summing up everything I feel now so well. Uh, We've got five minutes left. I think we should try and look ahead to... uh, to the Chesterfield game, I guess next week. I, mean, I said earlier on in the show. I mean, I, yeah, to, to talk about football again, like, it, will, it will be interesting to see how Russell sets up next week because I don't know if he, he saw an improvement when we went to four four two. And I say it was, it's not like we started running the show, but you know, we improved at half time so we went to four four two. We saw a goal for Nicky Ajose, who, you know, he scored a penalty for me. He hadn't done much else, but he, yeah. he did score a penalty. Do you think he'll be tempted now to, to make that change? I think he has
7: to. Whether he will or not depends on on what it is that's kept him out of the team in the first place but I've just had a brief look at at Chesterfield's results and unless I've got it wrong they haven't won since the 17th of September they've lost all four in October in the league without scoring and the only goal they have scored in October came from their checker trade trophy game so this is another team like Gillingham that you're going to come into and you expect to, to do well against and okay Gillingham was away and this one's at home that's really the only difference but if we play four four two, if we play to a Jose strengths, it's the same thing that we've said week after week, which is particularly why I'm frustrated with Slade. I can't see why we wouldn't win this game. The other thing you've got to feel is uh, surely we've got we've got to get it right at times, and we've got to dominate a game, and we haven't done that yet. But as I think we've all said, we've got the players to do it. We've got a really good bunch of players. We've not got a massive squad, but the players that we have got and the players that we have brought in are, are good quality players. I think if we play them to their strengths and they're on form, we'll have no problem with this game, but the problem is we've seen that so little and
4: that's the reason why we haven't you know put teams away Did you, I mean, do you think it will so do you think i'm sure surely the, the changes will be wrong surely I mean, do you think Slade's too comfortable in his um, in, in the way he has been playing
1: i don't know and the only way I can kind of justify his decision making is that he sees them every day in training. Mm. Mm and we don't know what goes on behind closed doors so um potentially there's been some sort of falling out or I don't oh, I don't know but in when it comes to things like that you have to put personal feeling aside and be professional and think what is the best thing for this team not i don't like him cuz he got him a face or whatever it is yeah. you've got to You've got to put that aside, but I don't know. I, I actually don't know. I think I'm still sort of. I feel. I feel almost scarred from yesterday, and it, I'm finding <laughs> it really hard to think uh, anything positive today. You sound in, like someone who's been of, to
4: Gillingham, That's certain. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let alone the fact the footballs. So, um, it was the
1: sofa what? in the car front <laughs> that
4: did it. You, you're right though about. Um, I just you look at that celebration from Nicky yesterday, and there was there was passion, and there was anger in that and 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 it was aimed at Russell State, no matter what he said it was it was aimed at Russell, and it was angry I mean uh, in a way, do you think Russell would be like, "Oh, so did you then, you're not playing
1: what like how dare you embarrass me in front of yeah. six thousand people? I can yeah. see
7: Russell reacting that way, and that's what worries me because, like Sue says, I think you've got to put that to one side. He scored goals at this level, he's proven he scored a goal last weekend, just give him his chance go for it what, what's the worst that can happen we've been losing home games anyway why not play four four two? play them both give them the 85-90 minutes see what happens if we lose it then he's well within his rights to revert back but he's not tried it and j- just give it a go but
1: and I think it, it, especially against a team like Chesterfield like hmm. you say they have been struggling and in, I think it's time, <sighs> times like that that you just think you know what Like I can't find a better term for it but go for the kill Yeah, you've got two very good forwards in Nicky and Josh just go for it yeah
7: completely yeah, and then
1: you've got time in the game to change it don't don't yeah. sort of then sort of play one up front and then think oh and then panic and then make weird substitutions
4: I tweeted out from the Chumpton Live account where do you think we're going to finish this season I've got one reply it's from Robert Bailey and he said top <laughs> <laughs> so thanks Robert I think uh, we might have to get you in on the show one day just to cheer us all up because you're clearly a very, uh, very uh, positive person f- we're running out of time uh, here Chatting Live on uh, Maritime Radio don't forget uh, we'll be back on Thursday it won't be me though I'll be signing myself up in uh, Edinburgh Um uh, so you're you're taking a hot seat Tom uh, yeah I'll be here. Yeah, good luck, good luck. <laughs> you sound so <laughs> happy Lucky about me. that yeah, you I have Nath keeping me company. yeah you and not get to come back to Maritime hopefully our website will be sorted by then so you can just kind of listen through the normal way but if not go to MaritimeRadio.London to listen to First evening show live from 7pm that is the big match preview brought to you by Tom Walling and Nathan uh, Muller uh, all of our shows are available as podcasts on iTunes uh, or on Acast uh, and when our website's working you can stream them on the website as well don't forget uh, next Somebody you want to listen to Channel Live, you can listen on the go via the TuneIn app as well. Uh, we've run out of time. Tom, thanks for coming and joining us here on Channel Live. Cheers, Louis. Uh, Sue, thanks for popping in. Bringing Thank in cake. you. Yeah, bringing your lemon drizzle cake. Uh, <laughs> I've been Louis Mendez. Uh, let's hope that at some point, much like that playing yesterday, our season can take off. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll be back on Thursday.